Hello and welcome to That Odious Beast Gaming, episode two. Uh, I'm your elder gamer, Jonathan. I'm your absolutely horribly ironic gamer, <laughs> Logan uh, Johnson, and we're very happy to have you on this show. I There were some fears, I'm sure. It's been two weeks since our last episode. Goodness I wonder if, if people thought, our, our massive hordes of fans. They were terrified. They, they were. Like, they thought we'd never come back. It was the end, really. They were yelling at <laughs> us on the Twitters and on the Instagrams. Oh, I, I need to make us a Twitter account still. I forgot. Well, you've just blown the con. Yeah. The long con. They now know. It's true. <laughs> I, I failed us all. Uh, yeah, if you are a returning listener, well, welcome back. Glad and congratulations on yeah, finding us. Truly, truly. Uh, it is impressive. Just trolling through through podcasts because there are a bajillion of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're here on January second of twenty nineteen, and today we're gonna we're gonna talk about what we've been playing this last week. But then we're also gonna do kind of a uh, year in review for twenty eighteen. Now, Logan and I didn't play too terribly many games that actually came out in 2018 so we're not going to do like a game of the year but we'll definitely talk about some of our favorites that we played this year because we certainly played a fair few games yeah um and then we may touch on uh, another problem in the industry um so that's that's kind of what's on deck for today yeah so I was very excited when we sat down uh, just post-recording, Jonathan, mm-hmm. because you informed me that you had been playing something other than Playra Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's true. It's it's a monumentous occasion. Um, uh, well, especially with Vikendi, I thought for sure we would have just lost true. it to those snowy wastes. I mean, we did, but thankfully, <laughs> you know, with a week and a half off um, of school and work, you know, I didn't, uh, I had plenty of time. So I don't know. I probably played 40 hours of PUBG over the breaks. So I think that's a safe estimate, but I also played 20 something hours of a, a little gem from, well, it's not little by any means, but, uh, 2015's Mad Max. No, um, that was an Avalanche Studios game. That's right? correct. Yeah. I believe they're European, uh, studio cause they do have two studios, um, I think one's in New York and the other's in Amsterdam. I could be getting that wrong, but gotcha. I know um, the uh, one of the teams just put out Just Cause 4 just a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, right, right. Um, they were, it was also the same team that did Just Cause 3. Um, and yeah, so Avalanche Studio put out Mad Max in 2015, and they are currently uh, partnered with Bethesda, and they're making Rage 2. Oh, right, um, right. And that's scheduled for next year, right? Yeah. Well, this year now. Ah, well, welcome to the welcome future. Welcome to 2019. <laughs> Here we are. It um, crept up on us. Indeed. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I bought this game ages ago. I had been really looking forward to it because um, it came out the same year as Mad Max Fury Road. A uh, long anticipated follow-up to uh, the Mad Max movies. Um, and I saw it and thought it was very, very good. Um, so I was excited to play the game. Uh, but the, it's hard not to have sort of the surroundings of a game inform your opinion of it. Like, that's almost impossible, obviously. Um, so the sort of meta text, if you will, around this game is unfortunate. It came out the same day as Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> um, which, as most of you will remember, was a huge dust up between uh, creator Kojima and his mo- most of his team, honestly, um, and, and their parent company uh, Konami. And so, 
not only was it like a Metal Gear Solid game, which would be a big deal anyway, but it was like, it was seen as kind of a last hurrah for Kojima. And of course, it's not really. He's working on Death Stranding right now. but it looks very good. But it was for the series. And so, it, no surprise, Mad Max did not sell well. And uh, I think it's safe to attribute a decent portion of that to the fact that it launched on the same day as one of the biggest games of that year. Yeah, like, um, can you imagine being one of those developers, like, looking at the calendar yeah, it's, it's, and having your buddy be like, oh, I'm so excited to play Metal Gear Solid Five. It's coming out on the same day. Yeah, September 1st, 2015. And, you know, that those are publisher decisions for the most part. Like, the publisher, uh, I believe Warner Bros. published Mad right. Max. Um, they could have pushed it, but they didn't, and... Anyway, uh, so enough with enough with the metagame analysis. Like that's all a bummer. Um, but the game is is fairly good. Like I I've been impressed so far. Like I said, I played around twenty hours. Um, it's a very Ubisoft style open world game. Sure. In which you have uh, big zones, and there's like a tower in a zone that you go to, and it will reveal a bunch of items to complete right, on the right. map. And of course, there's a story. There's story missions. Like there's a through line with the story throughout the whole thing, um, but there's lots and lots of side content. And so there's like four main zones on the map. I have uh, fully completed one, and am nearly complete on the second. So I probably could be done with the game by now, but my open world obsessiveness tendencies completionist streak <laughs> indeed <laughs> which honestly gets me most with open world games it doesn't seem like i'm not super compelled to 100 percent a lot of games like sure. another game i'll talk about in a bit battlefield 5 that i've been playing like i 100 percented a couple of sections of that game but the by the end i was like eh, i don't really care that much um not surprisingly, I have 100% of the two sections that I really liked, but we'll get to that in a bit. So anyway, uh, Mad Max, yeah, it's um, it's a, a split between um, driving around in the open world in your magnum opus. Um, I know you're not super duper familiar with the Mad Max universe. Yeah, but not it's really. It's post-apocalyptic, um, like several decades, maybe two decades after the end of the world. Um, in which all the oceans dried up and everything is dead, basically. Um, <laughs> there's a heavy focus on vehicles um, in this universe. And so uh, Max is trying to get somewhere to uh, presumably uh, forget his past. He's going to a place that he calls the Plains of Silence. Um, and his car is destroyed by this faction. Um and so he teams up with a, what's called a Blackfinger, which is a gifted mechanic in this universe, um, to build a new vehicle, the Magnum Opus. Gotcha. Um, and so that's kind of the whole crux of the game. So you're, you're leveling up your vehicle and you're leveling up Max. Um, so it's a split between uh, car traversal, car combat, and on-foot traversal and on-foot combat. And one is certainly better than the other. I really like the car combat. It's it's uh, varied, and I I think the encounters could be a little more varied and interesting. But at least 
the verbs you have on deck are pretty cool. You have a harpoon, you can tear tires out, you can tear doors off and like shoot the driver or pull the driver out and steal the vehicle. Rad. Um, You can do little side rams or a boost ram to to smash into, you have like, they're called thunder poons, which is just great. (laughs) That's a terrible name. Indeed, but they're just explosive harpoons. Um, Oh man, that's wild. Um, you have a shotgun that you can use to blow up like gas tanks. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's quite fun. Um, on foot combat is just extremely Batman Arkham series. If you're familiar. So it's wait to parry and then mash on a guy for a hot second and then parry again. It's pretty boring, honestly. Sure. And, so like I said, I, I'm only in the second zone, but I have fully upgraded Max completely, like endgame stuff, because Whoa. Uh, the game doesn't seem to be paced super well. Apparently not. <laughs> like, I almost fully upgraded Max based on the stuff that I got from just 100%ing a single of the four, maybe it's five, but of the four zones. <laughs> so like, maybe not, maybe not great, but anyway. Sure. Um, so these late game skills that you get for Max, they are interesting enough, but they actually break the flow of combat. So you can um, hold your your punch button uh, in certain uh, contexts to do different things. Gotcha. Um, so you'll do like a really heavy swing, or you'll do like you'll smash somebody against a wall, or you'll um, stomp on their head while they're down. Brutal. <laughs> this game's brutal, yeah, no doubt. Um, but the problem is, uh, when you're doing these these late-game moves, um, some of them will... Uh, uh, what's the best way to describe this? Some of them, like, if a person is... If another combatant is winding up an attack it will stop their attack. Like, they'll be Whoa. intimidated. Um, <laughs> which is how it should be, because you can't parry while you're doing them. Sure. However, some of them don't stop attacks. So if you do these these moves, you will be hit. Like, almost every time, guaranteed. So you're disincentivized to actually do these cool moves. So That kind of sucks. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer of a combat. Like, it's not terrible, but it's, it's really not great either. But the car combat, I've really quite enjoyed a lot. Um, yeah, that sounds like, I would say, the most unique, it's, interesting part of the it's game. It's cool. Like, you'll take on whole convoys of, like, six vehicles of different types that will do different things, and you need to approach them in certain ways. It's... It's very well made, and it's not surprising at all. I don't know how familiar you are with Rage 2, but this looks like an unofficial Mad Max 2015 sequel. I was going to say, yeah. Like, like they're, they're making that game, which is exciting to me, um, because I'm enjoying this game quite a lot. Like I said, I'm nowhere near finished, um, so I'll, I'll talk about it some more in the future, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. Good to hear, good to hear. I, you know, I listened to you talk and you described these different zones that you were 100% completing and somewhere buried in there was an auto zone joke and I just waited and I waited and I couldn't get to it. Oh, um, but let's just pretend I did and oh, everybody perfect. have a good robotic chuckle over it. There we go, it. there we go. Man, awesome. Well, that sounds like a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about a game that I dove into this week, no Later pun intended, me. because I'm going to talk about Subnautica. All right, well, there we go. Um... And Subnautica was a really interesting one for me. So obviously I got this one free on the Epic Games Store. Right. Also, side note, 
Super Meat Boy right. was also free on the mm-hmm. Epic Game Store. Will not boot on my computer. That's the a huge installation bummer. is missing some important file, which is Big like yikes, not awesome, huh? Uh, just as a side note. Weird. Um, yeah, I've already played the game last year. Well, twenty seventeen. Yeah, um, I played it on Vita. Great game. So I I didn't download it. So that's. I have not heard if that's a universal problem, but yeah. if so, that's a big issue. <laughs> the other thing that I've heard that's interesting is that people have been using Steam's, like, forum, forum to, like, complain about what's going on in the Epic Store. Yeah. Uh, so this could be a big yikes for Super Meat Boy, which is pretty funny. For real. For real. <laughs> um, but that that aside, so I took an opportunity to work dive into Subnautica, which is working fine on my my computer good i mean this is a really interesting experience for me so i don't know have you played subnautica uh-uh. i've watched some streams so i'm fairly familiar with the game but gotcha. i've yet to play it yeah so i mean for those of you who don't know you crash a spaceship into a water planet essentially mm-hmm. and then it's just you trying to survive in your little pod you can go gather materials it's, it's your pretty typical like no man's sky kind yeah, of survival, survival game, game. Yeah. um it's very unique in mm-hmm. in the vein of survival games uh, because there aren't any weapons. You can get a survival knife, but sure. there are no guns. So it's not combat focused. No. And I actually read uh, an interview with the developer that that's by design. Sure. He, uh, with all the gun violence and stuff, he he wasn't like explicitly against guns. Uh-huh. He just didn't feel like he should be bringing more of them into the world. Fair. Yeah. Um, and so Subnautica, as a result, is very, very passive in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, and I what, I'm what kids call a thalassophobe. Which means that I have a, a fear of deep water, right? Oh, okay. Like a, a chemical panic <laughs> of deep, especially dark water. Sure. And more especially what might be in it. So Subnautica was really interesting because I, I had to steel myself every time I dove into these these game sure. waters, yeah. right? Um, and I'm still very scared because I know there's got to be some giant fish out there and all I have is this <laughs> stupid knife. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been really, really unique to go around. Uh, one of the first things you get in the game is a scanner, which lets you kind of scan things and see like, oh, okay, here's, can you eat this fish? Can you synthesize it into a different material? Mm. Can you, and you learn different benefits of all these different things. You learn how to make new things with blueprints and so on. Interesting. Um, with kind of this focus on, on exploration and theoretically getting off the planet, I would imagine. Yeah, um, I think that's the end game. I mean, I couldn't say for sure. Sure. Uh, but I wanted to comment, one of the things that I really loved about Subnautica is how it drops you into, I don't, I don't want to say narrative, there's definitely a narrative, but it's uh-huh. it's a survival game, right? The sure. narrative's not the main focus. <clears throat> but it drops you into this wreck, and you have your little robot headset or whatever, your computer says to you like, hey, your mothership over there is going to irradiate and break down here pretty yeah. soon. Um, and then it just kind of expects you to figure out what to do with that. Um, okay. and I don't know... I, I like I'm pretty sure I did it right because I built a shelter literally I was done seconds before this ship blew up oh, okay. um, but I don't know if you actually need to be in a shelter right. I like to imagine that you do sure. because it was a pretty cool moment when I dove in there yeah. and everything shook for a second no kidding um, but it was really cool to have a, a survival game um, like part of the problem that I had with No Man's Sky and, mm-hmm. and Minecraft is like another example of sure. the survival game is that like, yeah, there's technically a narrative. I've heard No Man's Sky has actually changed a bit since launch, but yes, that, they've added like three major expansions, signif- right? Right. And one of them was like significant, um, uh, narrative update. Yeah. Yeah. 
But at the start of both, I played Minecraft like shortly after launch and No Man's Sky at launch. And sure. both of those games, they drop you in with no real narrative sense. Right. Other than just an on-screen tutorial. Mm-hmm. Whereas Subnautica was the exact opposite. No on-screen tutorial. Interesting. And all narrative focus of like, well, you better avoid this explosion from this ship. Right. And then from there, figure out where to go. And that right. was really freaking cool. That's, yeah. I um, like that a lot. Because I felt compelled to figure out the rules of the world right. in order to achieve the survival goal. Right? Right. Like, with these with less narrative focused survival games there's often a a sort of imperative for the player to create their own micro narratives right which is cool and fine um but without a sort of top-down narrative not even one that has to be really heavy-handed it sounds like subnautica is fairly light yeah it's pretty um it it really helps to move that process along. Like, especially for players that aren't experienced with trying to create their own fun or their own narrative justifications uh, for doing X, Y, and Z in a game. Um, uh, I'm going to insert the PUBG Minute uh, <laughs> right here for just a moment. But one of my favorite things about that game is that every match has its own unique narrative. Like... For most maps, I will drop the same place every time if it's reachable. Sure. Even doing that, I do not get the same game twice, like almost ever. Yeah. Because I... the zones are different, The where the other 99 players are is totally different. So right. having uh, mechanically constructed narratives works, but it doesn't... Sometimes you need something a little more top-down, like it sounds like Subnautica has. Totally, yeah. And it just has just enough to give you kind of a, a guiding imperative. And as a result, because nothing's tutorialized, mm-hmm. every victory... Like when I learned how to make flippers so yeah. I could swim just a little faster, that felt like a big win. Sure. Right? When I learned how to synthesize rubber from the seaweed, yeah, that was huge. Mm-hmm. And a tutorial would have taught me how to do that in a step and a half. Right, right. right. But because I had to go out and I knew that to synthesize rubber, I would need seaweed, which meant that I needed a knife. Sure. But also like I needed materials to get to the knife. Like to have to look at the instructions and say like, Hey, I'm going to have to figure out how to make this happen. Yeah. To get to each of these individual steps. Ultimately, I don't want to say ending because I'm still very much playing the game. Sure. But ending in that, I guess you could say milestone of the ship melting down and me having a small structure that I was hiding in. Right. When that happened. Everything that built up to that was very, very me thinking like, okay, how do I get food? How do I get water? Okay, that's that's taken care of. Let's focus on light. Make a flashlight, right? Mm-hmm. Let's focus on building a shelter. And that narrative really helped in that. And I think maybe that's not for everybody. Sure. Right? Some people, I think, are, are much more into the micro-narrative thing. But for me, uh, this overall narrative really did it. Sure. And that was super, super cool. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hopping in uh, sometime. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> maybe, maybe after Mad Max, we'll see. Yeah, it's very, very good. And the nice thing about it is you can kind of get a feel. Um, one thing I didn't mention is the game's gorgeous, which right. I think should it's, surprise nobody. It's very pretty. Um, yeah, and it doesn't feel... I don't know, it feels very polished mm-hmm. without feeling... I don't know how to describe that feeling of... Oh, like, it's not over-polished that I hate, but it's like... You know when it's like they took their time versus like they're trying to distract you from the fact that the game sucks? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Subnautica feels like they took the time. Right. Um, uh, it was an early access game for quite a while, if I remember right. Almost a year, I believe. 
Um, so that makes sense. Getting a lot of early player feedback to drive that sort of thing over time. I mean, that's kind of the the dream of early access when it works right uh, is, mm-hmm. is that outcome. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and the feedback engine, I guess you could say, is still very much built into the game where you can send feedback nice. straight to the developer, developers. From in-game? Yeah, like oh, from cool. the main menu screen. That's pretty cool. So which is always a nice, nice. feature. Uh, but overall, like it's been that. a really good experience nice. running around down there. I'm glad to hear it. <clears throat> what else have you been up to this week? Oh, man. Or two I, weeks. I got a copy of Dead Cells for Christmas. Nice, good. Um, and I was thinking about this while you were talking about Mad Max's combat, uh-huh. um, about how there are so many verbs in Mad Max. Yeah. And there are, like, maybe... T- there's a couple of verbs in Dead Cells, mm-hmm. but it all feels... For those of you who don't know, I guess I'll preface Dead Cells. Yeah. It's a... Oh, man. It's a Metroidvania roguelite <laughs> Souls game. Yeah. That's, that's a lot you of adjectives it. there. That's all. Yeah, um, that's, that's, you're hitting the nail on the head, I but, think. Yeah, it plays kind of with the smooth, easy platforming of a Metroid or a Castlevania mm-hmm. with some of the mechanics... Of Dark Souls, yes. where you have to replay individual runs, and and it's all about improving your character over time by running the same thing. Right. There's also a procedurally generated element. Yes. Where they'll the roguelike generate, element. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the roguelike piece. Uh, so you essentially play. I still haven't figured it out. It very much drops you in. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you play as a prisoner of some sort. I think mm-hmm. who's trying to escape from this prison, but can keep coming back from the dead. Right. Which is pretty good. Indeed. <laughs> um, and what I was going to say is they give you a couple of different verbs. You have ranged attacks, like with a bow or a crossbow. And then you have up-close attacks with a, a sword or a club or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then there's some shields, and then there's like some grenades and throwables. And that's pretty much it. So it's almost like a, a study in contrasts between all of the verbs you have in Mad Max and then what the very limited set they give you in Dead Cells. Right. But Dead Cells is so polished and so smooth Mm -hmm. that that doesn't matter. Right. Because you... Do it more with less. Right. And it's very light and it's very compact, but it's very compelling. Right. Well, and the complexity seems to come from the procedurally generated items. Right. Not necessarily your actions as a player. Because from what I've seen, you've got basically a jump... Uh, like a roll dodge, mm-hmm. um, a shield parry, and an attack would be like with right. a sword or whatever. Um, so yeah, not not ultra complicated, um, but I know the weapons and like the secondary weapons, and uh, you can have like a shield. Like uh, yeah, the complexity comes in the items and in the the procedurally generated world. So you can't you can learn like. Um, patterns in in certain zones and what kind of enemies will be in zones but you're never going to know the map yeah and that uh when i first picked up dead cells when i first got it it was like i played maybe two or three runs Mm -hmm. and then i was like i don't think this is for me yeah um and i actually just set it down for about a week until i it's fair uh about a a week after that i picked up a copy of bloodborne Um, (laughs) right right and then after playing some brutal runs of bloodborne i thought to myself (laughs) I think I understand how Dead Cells is supposed sure. to work. Right? And right. then I went back to it. Um, and yeah, like you said, there's a, a weird level of complexity to it. Mm-hmm. Where like you start off saying like, okay, well, 
I let's say I have a grenade, a bear trap, a shield, and yeah. a sword. Right? Sure. That's your weapon line out. And you think like, okay, I can use these all individually. But then you look at the subtext and it'll say on the bear trap, like, okay, this bear trap has a modifier that makes enemies burn. Right. Right? <laughs> and then you you realize that your sword says, okay, double damage to enemies that are burning. Right. So you'll get into this pattern of like throwing a flaming bear trap at somebody and right. then like hitting them with your sword. But that's like, because it's all procedurally generated... Sometimes it'll be your shield that lights people on fire or your sure. shield that does extra parry if they are on fire. Right. And you have to learn how to combo. It's a, it's literally figuring out a different combo set every single time you right. play the game. Right. Um, and that's been very cool. Yeah, no kidding. It's it's like solving a verb puzzle almost, it yeah. sounds like. Because um, there is... And from what I understand, you are changing weapons and items constantly throughout a run. Right. Maybe not constantly, but you but change regularly. a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. you'll drop... In fact, you'll you'll start out at the very beginning of the game with a, either you'll start out with a sword, and then you can pick up either a shield or a bow right. as your secondary weapon. And which one you pick actually influences your combat style pretty heavily. I believe it, yeah. Um, but then from there, you're constantly either swapping out or picking up new throwables and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty good in that sense. Uh, one thing I did want to just bring up here, I guess is a little bit of a shout out, the developer Motion Twin, mm-hmm. uh, you tipped me off to an article Absolutely, about them, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, not only did they make a beautiful, incredible game with Dead Cells, they also paid everybody who worked on it equally, is that right? That's correct, yeah. So I'm I'm going to pull up that article here. I believe they call themselves anarcho-syndicalists. Um, That's a very, very good adjective. (laughs) Um, Which is not an ideology I'm particularly familiar with, but um, this article, uh, I I won't pull it up exactly because we we have what we need to talk about it. Yeah, the important bit is that everybody at the studio gets paid the same thing. Um, And that includes bonuses, if I'm remembering correctly. So this game sold very well. It won a Game of the Year award. um, At the Game Awards, indeed. Um, And... Uh, so all of those benefits are going to everybody equally, which um, in a year especially that we saw a lot of stories about uh, unfair labor practices um, and for, I mean, we've been hearing about them for decades, but uh, it's it's amplified this year quite considerably, especially in just sort of general games discourse. Like mm-hmm. a lot more people are way more open to talking about it um, and even being familiar with terms like crunch um and and things of that nature um so it's inspiring to see a studio that not only makes an incredible game um and gets recognized for it thankfully um but also is um taking a hard stance on making sure that everybody uh is equal in that company which is very cool. Yeah. I I mean, for me, it was very much icing on the cake. Sure, yeah. Because I was going in to play this game that I already knew was excellent. Uh-huh. And there's something... I, I'll say refreshing, even though that's like an overplayed term. There's something mm-hmm. refreshing about being able to just sit down and think like, oh, nobody was exploited to make this right, game. Right, right. In that article, they do talk about how they had to deal with like some crunch and things like that. But yeah. <sighs> it's... Maybe one day we'll figure that out. Like, I... I'm ill-equipped to talk about it because I've obviously um, never been a developer. Right. Um, But even still, from my outside perspective, like, it seems that mm, crunch is almost entirely unavoidable. However, you can make it much, 
like crunch is a broad term. Sure. It can mean working 80 hour weeks for a year, which is obviously horrifically unethical. Right. Or it can mean two weeks of like 60 hour weeks, which also sucks, but it's not like the end of the world. And if everybody is doing that willingly and knowingly and getting paid extra for it, which is obviously you right. should be being paid overtime for working overtime, like period. Yeah. Um, if that's all the case, then like, mm, okay, uh, fair enough, I guess. Not in an ideal world would I like to see that still, but a little more understandable. I don't know where Dead Cells lies in this case. I um, don't either, but it is very nice to know a game that at least, regardless of like how the time and work schedules played out, yeah. Um, at least everybody was paid the same, yep. right? At least there wasn't some dude profiteering off the backs of people Absolutely. 100 hour weeks. Absolutely, right? yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's really exciting. Dead Cells, great game. Looking forward to playing more of it myself. I've played a little bits of it and watched a whole heck of a lot of streams. Yeah, you <laughs> mentioned that when I, I, I messaged you. With I, was like, I was First of all, I was incredibly surprised that my mother purchased a game for me called Dead Cells. Um, that, yeah, fair, very fair. pleased. Um and then when I messaged you, you were like, I haven't played it, but I've seen it. And yep. I was like, all right, guess that's going to be good enough. Yeah, so. that's that's me. But Mr. Yeah. Streams a lot. <laughs> Sir Streams a lot. Oh, of course. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Sir Streams a lot, and I'll be Captain Crunch. Okay, per- mm, perfect. <laughs> Love it. Mm. <laughs> uh, awesome. I have one other game that I wanted to talk about this week. Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, so Battlefield Five um, oh, yeah. came out November, late November, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but it got in a, a a relatively small, but an expansion in uh, December, um, which included another of the war stories. So I didn't talk about this on the first episode, even though I had been playing some Battlefield Five. Uh, but the game's kind of a mess, technically speaking. Like it's playable. But especially on my PC, it's having lots of issues, and my friends' PCs are having considerable issues as well. Not sure what the console performance is like, but so is it like lag or frame rate issues? No, or the is frame it rate's like fine. Mechanical design issues? Uh, not that either. It's like uh, I'll give a great example. <clears throat> so in the third war story, um, it's the story of a platoon. Uh, maybe I'm using that word incorrectly, but anyway, a group of. Uh, black soldiers um, from, I'm going to get this wrong, but maybe Senegal? One of the French occupied territories. So Senegal would be one. Okay, well, I I ain't no geography major. Um, But it's, um, so they're French citizens, but they're drafted into, or maybe volunteer. But anyway, they're fighting in this war for um, France, uh, but they're being treated quite poorly. Um, by, you know, quote-unquote, like, the more French, the, the French homeland, if you will. Sure. Um, sort of nonsense. So it's it's kind of a typical, maybe not typical, but it's 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 an overcoming or attempting to overcome racism story. Right. Um, and so you play as these two um, brothers uh, who uh, are leading this, this group of soldiers in, in a specific battle. And they decide to go above and beyond what they were ordered and take um, a Nazi-occupied chateau in France. Um, And so uh, things are going well. They are winning. They're losing, uh, you know, friends and soldiers along the way. Um, But they do breach into and take the chateau. But in this final battle, 
one of the brothers um, dies. And so it happens in a cut scene. Um, it's very slow-mo. It's very dramatic. Sure. Um, uh, the music choice and the cinematography choices, they do work well. Um, but this is... The, the game uses a, a combination of pre-rendered and uh, in-game cutscenes. Okay, um, gotcha. And the pre-rendered ones look fantastic, like, obviously. Right. Um, no problems with them. The in-game cutscenes... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> because the game has technical... So, this specific cutscene I'm talking about is an in-game cutscene. Sorry, let me interject here. Please. This is an audio medium, but if you could have all just seen the way that Jonathan pinched the bridge of his nose <laughs> in distress when he started talking about this cutscene, okay. then you would know we got a big wolf coming up. Yeah, Continue. So, <laughs> so this cutscene... Uh, this brother's dying. Uh, it's very dramatic. It's, it is quite sad. Like I, I think the the voice acting and the pacing of this particular war story uh, is good enough that this is an emotional moment. It's not uh, incredible by any means, but it is fairly well done. Unfortunately, it's hampered by these technical issues in which. Um, the camera is pulling back on, I think, like an exploding <laughs> tank or something like that with the dramatic music. And there, there are just character models. Just in, like chilling? In a T-pose. If you're, hopefully everybody's familiar <laughs> with that is, but it's sort of a standard, like non-animated pose of a character standing in a T formation. There's just a few of them standing around. Some of them above It only ground. takes one now. <laughs> Some of them standing... Uh, above ground, some of them below ground with just their heads visible. Just, they're not animated, so they are dead-eyed staring straight forward into the camera. Some of them into the That's camera. That's horrifying. It's a messed up... It, and it totally, utterly destroys the moment. Holy because... Well, yeah, like, Obviously. I, I wish I'd been recording, because I would make a little video and link it in the show notes. But unfortunately, I was not... Um, anyway, so that, that's one example of the game's technical issues really just hampering what it's trying to do. Um, and so I played that and then I played the expansion war story. I can't remember what it's called. It's called the last tiger. Um, and you play as a Nazi uh, commander, uh, a tank commander, um, by the name of Peter something don't know because i don't like this character at all okay sure. so it, it's supposed to be a sort of uh penitent nazi story like a reluctant nazi story sure. which mm, yeah on its face is potentially worthwhile but in execution here i think is bad it sounds like it could be very problematic yeah so this game, I think, has an overall problem of really sanit... Like, with their... I, and I'm specifically talking about the single player here. The multiplayer is its own sort of thing. It's fun. It's good. Right. If you're just here for that, fine. Go play that. It's, it's good. But the single player, it has this problem of... It, it wants to show these side stories, these small stories in World War II, which is a really cool idea. Right. But what it ends up doing is... Um, sort of washing away what Nazis actually did. Shoot. You never see a concentration camp or anything. Not I'm not that I'm saying you specifically should see or interact with a concentration camp, which I think because that could be very, very distasteful. Yeah. Definitely, but you basically see nothing of what 
um, Nazis actually did. Instead, this story is pitched as a kind of uh, good versus evil. Who knows what the evil did? Something. You know, they're just evil, right. I guess. Um, and so with this story, that is very much the same way you are playing as a tank commander as, uh, Berlin is being, so the end of, of, mm, I guess not the Nazi reign, but the, the, really the last stand of, of the third Reich. Um, and you don't get to see, um, not even visually, but or not even, like, metatextually do they talk about what Nazis did. It's just like, hey, I guess you know what Nazis are, so we can just kind of pitch them as general military guys. Oh, boy. And so that's all to say that um, you have this story of Peter, this tank commander, um, who you played directly. You are controlling him, um, putting you in his shoes, which is just really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, who is like at the very end of it all. So this is like 1945, 1946. Again, I'm, I'm no history major. I don't know exactly, but this is the end, the last stand. Yeah. Like after three years of unimaginable human atrocities, this guy is like suddenly starting to be somewhat, uh, reluctant to be a Nazi. And yeah, it's not that's... because of the human atrocities uh, perpetuated on the Jews or people of color or people in the LGBT community. It's not any of that. It's, oh no, the Nazis are now being mean to the, to Nazis. Like, d- the the big emotional oh, no. push in the story is you ha- you're, you're a tank commander, there's like five people in the tank or so, and you send one of a young boy out to scout your escape in uh, like against a uh, a spot that uh, Ameri- the allies have surrounded uh, specifically in this case americans um and it's really uh and he kind of vanishes um and some of the people in the tank are like oh well he's a deserter like he he deserves what's getting to him but peter's like oh no he wasn't a deserter i don't think and then later you see him hanging from a street lamp with a a sign around his neck that says deserter and like that is terrible yeah but it's also like that's the thing that that peter is now suddenly like oh man isn't this terrible we were wrong it's not that we murdered millions of innocent men, women, and children. Right. It's that, oh no, the Nazis were mean to themselves. It's like, that sucks, well, dude. And that's, that's incredibly, well, problematic is a word that I overplay. But it's incredibly <laughs> troubling, yeah. and it's incredibly... But I think that it spawns from this initial issue that in Battlefield Five, the Nazis didn't kill them. like from what i understand True, yes. there were no concentration if, camps yes if you take the text of battlefield 5 um by the text i mean the, uh, the sort of literary sense not the literal letters that you right. see um if you take the text the yes these battlefield 5 nazis are just kind of like i don't know any old army they're just kind of right. like fighting against like they're the bad guys but who knows what they did no yeah in the text there is no explanation for what the nazis were doing basically at all and that sucks yeah and it doesn't even sound i mean i think that there's a i don't want to say tasteful 
But I think that there's a responsible way uh-huh. to deal with, for example, like the questioning Nazi officer story. Like, could be like, interesting. For example, Boy in the Striped Pajamas, if right. you're familiar with that work. Yes. Not my favorite work for a couple of reasons. Sure. But it ends, I don't want to like necessarily defile the turn of the book, but right. a big part of it is it has that, that kind of ending of a, a Nazi officer questioning. Right. But it doesn't explore what he does after he questions. Right. And it's done in a way that, again, it's so hard to say, like, oh, what was the responsible way to do this? Right. But it's definitely more responsible than what it yeah. sounds like Battlefield Five put yeah. out. And that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It's honestly a real bummer. Because I was I was hesitant but interested when they announced that you were going to be playing as, as a Nazi tank commander. Sure. Um, and, yeah, I think they really dropped the ball. I think if you... There's basically no swastikas in this game, which is very strange. They use the Iron Cross instead for almost everything. Interesting. Which, again, uh, I'm not a history major. I don't know if that's particularly accurate, but I don't think it is. I don't recall seeing a single swastika in this game, which says to me a sort of um, desire to, again, like sanitize, like whitewash oh, yeah. um, Nazi ideology, which... I mean, I don't want more Nazi ideology in the world, but it's extremely important to not forget what it was. Right. Like, so, yeah. Um, that sucks. Yeah. yeah it, that, that freaking blows. That's yeah. not awesome. So, Battlefield Five again, if you're just in it for the, for the multiplayer, I think it's fine. I think it's quite good, actually. Um, single player, mm, I liked not. the first two war stories. The rest, uh, not so much. How many were there? Four, I believe. Oh, okay. So, and again, not Maybe to be like, five. 50% is so good, right. but at least the first two were all right. Right. Gosh, um, but man, some of those sound yeah. rough, which is unfortunate because... Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a tough storytelling opportunity to tackle, but it's Definitely. sad to hear that they... I think, like, the, the fear is you don't want to be tasteless, right. right? But now it's like, it almost sounds so whitewashed that it is without right. taste I, I don't think you without played flavor. the wolfenstein series the, no, the reboot. no but that is literally the exact opposite it is hyper aware and interesting and the, the it takes place in an alternate future where nazis won gotcha um and <clears throat> so it's, it's not taking place like today it's taking place around Around the war. Right. Like, uh, late 40s, early 50s. Sure. Um, but it is extremely aware, and it is extremely opposed. Like, it is no holds barred, we hate the Nazis, you're gonna blow up the Nazis in this game. Like, that is what it's about. So, to have... And Wolfenstein 2 came out 2017, if I'm remembering correctly, and was even more bombastic than the first. So, to go from that to something like this... Um, I don't know. It just, again, that that's kind of critiquing a game for what it's not. Like, Battlefield sure. 5 was never going to be Wolfenstein. But where Wolfenstein exists, um, to then have Battlefield be like, I don't know, they're quote-unquote Nazis, who knows what they did. Like, that, it yeah. feels really tone-deaf, especially in 2018 and ho- hopefully not, but presumably 2019, where... Literal card-carrying Nazis are here again, not on the scale of 1945, right, but, but like, that's, yeah, it, it feels irresponsible and just crappy. It's, it's 
bad. Yeah, I don't know. Now, that's an EA Dice joint, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just wanted to make sure I had the yep. developer and publisher yep. on that. Like to take note of those sorts of things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And again, I, I, I want to be delicate here in a way because I like I don't think anybody was like, oh, let's whitewash not, but they totally right. did do it. Definitely. So that sucks. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel malicious. Yeah. It feels like we want to tell a touching story and like bringing to bear the horrific atrocities doesn't benefit the story. Which is fine in a vacuum. But we're not. But we're not, we're not. in a vacuum. We're not. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a bummer. But we'll, we'll press on. There Literally, we will be pressing on with the podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Like, as a final note, play Wolfenstein, people. Like, Yeah? It's, it's difficult. Like, it's... Um, Hard to stomach at times, but it is not afraid to take a stand against uh, Nazis and their human atrocities. Which well, that's very good. It is, yeah. Because so those it's, were very bad. It's not for everybody, but mm, I think you should at least be familiar with Wolfenstein totally here in 2019 if you don't want to pour 50 hours into a (laughs) Wolfenstein game hit up some streams yeah for sure for sure yeah plenty of like if you just watched like a YouTube supercut of the of the um cutscenes like you would get a a good taste uh of, of what it is and frankly that those are the best parts like not not to suddenly dive into Wolfenstein 2 but the gameplay is like meh it's fine. Sure. The, the real meat is is the narrative, which is carried mostly through the cutscenes. So cool. So yeah, give that a look. <clears throat> Sounds good. Will do. Will do. Well, awesome. We've taken a good yeah. good length into this. Forty five so minutes here in the podcast. I want to take just a couple of minutes, or maybe a while, depending on how long it takes. Probably a while to talk about our twenty eighteen recap. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, I uh, went into 2018 with the motto, remediateen, let's get back to school. <laughs> nice, um, good. And because I was getting back to school, I had a right. fair chunk of time to hit some of the games on my list, sure. um, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, but let's start off with some of the things you played, John. Let's, uh, sure. How do we want to do this? So I have a list here. Um, for those familiar with Reset Era, there's a... <clears throat> A thread on that forum every year for people to play 52 games in a year. So it's like a game Sick. a week sort of thing. Um, I uh, did it for 2017. I did 52, 52 games. I was quite happy with that. I tried again in 2018. Mm, only got 35. That's, which, a, that's a good chunk of games. It's definitely a good chunk of games. It's not 52, though. And PUBG, definitely. Like... Uh, <laughs> I have... The other 17 games are lost to an unknown battleground. I have records of, like, the number of hours I've played um, for 2018. I haven't calculated it, but I would imagine it's similar to 2017. It's It's gotta be, right? a lot more time was spent on PUBG. Sure. I mean, and that's understandable to a degree, right? It's a very good video game. You talked about how it has the compelling mini-narratives, and that's especially true when you play multiplayer. Right, yeah. I mean... I'm a thousand plus hours into the game and it doesn't feel stale, which is saying something. And um, there's only three maps. Four there's now, four right? maps. Four, yeah. four maps now. Um, 
Yeah. That's impressive. Yes, definitely. Um, but anyway, I'll just kind of, I'll just run through this Great. list real quick of, of things that I played in 2018. And afterwards we can, we can talk about some standouts. So Let's I started it. the year with Destiny, the OG, played it on PS4. I had a good good enough time with it. Then I went moved on to Puppeteer, <clears throat> a great little PS3 exclusive. Good to um, Highly recommended. Played God of War, <clears throat> Chains of Olympus, God of War, Ghost of Sparta. I was playing through all of the God of War games to prep for God, God of War 2018. War, um, and I played all of them, and then I never played God of War 2018. That is a shame, because I've heard it is the best one. Right. But <laughs> I hated almost every other God of War game, and so I kind of Wait, was turned off. You, like, slogged through them all? I played all of them, dude, <laughs> because I'm a bad person. Oh my goodness, the games are terrible. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Like, like they're, they're fine enough action games. They play fine. Um, everything, I, I shouldn't say everything, because uh, they're beautiful games. They're very well constructed sure. visually. Um, the audio's fine. Like, nothing to complain about there. The music's quite good. Um, it's the crux. It's the themes. It's the characters right. that are so repulsive and terrible like goodness i just don't like yeah, them at all they're incredibly let's give it a hashtag boys problematic <laughs> right like just the story of this very angry man for six games brutally murdering people um some of whom uh are pitched as deserving it in the narrative, which is fine, I guess. Uh, yeah. But a lot of whom are extremely not. Like, it's just... Right. It sucks. Um, you know what I love? You played six games of that. I do. <laughs> because I... Okay. And then you didn't even play the redemption story we never needed. I know. Because I was, I was honestly hoping for... I played the first game, didn't like it too much. Like... The, the first game, it sets up this revenge story of, like, oh, Kratos was tricked into killing his family, and now he's really mad. Sure. Like, fine, weird. I guess. Kind of weird. I mean, a little Greek, in yeah, a way. Fair, right? Fair. Like, yeah. Um, but definitely a little weird. And then it's just five more games of that. Like, <laughs> I'm still angry! It's like, there's no <laughs> character development, and the... The, the quote-unquote like narrative developments basically you go from in the first game you kill Ares the god of war and become the god of war to by the end gotcha. of, of i don't know which one takes place narratively at the end i can't remember because i don't care sure. um well i do care i just don't like it um whatever one takes place at the end you've killed all the gods of of greece like literally all of them it's very strange. The actual F? Dude, uh, What? Uh, so, anyway. Oh, like, I, so, I should say, I'm not interested at all in the first God of War, six God of War games. I, I am fairly interested in same, the recent title. Yeah, um, but I, I'm surprised you you went all the way through all of them. I will definitely play them. It's just, like, big yikes. It you, was so You definitely rough. did play them. It was so... No, I mean, sorry. Oh, yeah, I mean the, 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 new, the one. new one. Um, it was just so uh, soul-crushing to play yeah. those games, but I did it for some reason. It's so interesting from my perspective versus yours, because I, being very interested in the new God of War title, mm -hmm. it feels like like the original pitch of God of War, right? The, yeah. the concept pitch is, let's talk about this guy who's going to become 
the god of war after yeah. he's tricked into killing his family, right? right? And it sounds like, oh, we're going to take these figures out of legend and we're going to play around mm-hmm. with them and see. That's like my pitch for the new god of war, mm-hmm. except for the figure we're taking out of legend is this blood-soaked, yep. horrible monster Kratos. Yep. And he's the legendary figure that I'm interested in for the new game right. and have no interest in going back to. Yeah, I don't recommend. Subtext. Like, just not a whole lot of redeeming qualities there. Uh, I think a lot of people have rose-tinted glasses about the games sure. because they, uh, they came out over a significant period of time. Uh, ending almost 10 years ago or six years ago or whenever God of War 3 came out. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I then, so I, I, I started this year really focusing on my PS3 backlog. I was playing a lot of PS3 yeah, apparently. Games, clearly. So the next I played Killzone, the very first one. Not very good. Um, I played Heavenly Sword, which is another third-person action game. Uh, similar to God of War, mm-hmm. uh, in, in mechanically speaking, but it's much more interesting uh, from a thematic and narrative standpoint. Gotcha. Um, it's not like the best game I ever played, but I, I would recommend it if you're if you're interested. It's 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 interesting. Uh, I then played Killzone Two, which is much better than the first, but still like I don't know. I'm getting. I I have no real love for military sims. In 2019 or 2018, <laughs> oh, I guess. What is wrong with you? Oh. Hi, guys. I'm Dude, Jonathan I'm... Nielsen, and this is my 2018 game oh, of the year no. list. I played seven games that I hated. Oh, basically, <laughs> yeah. Like, of this list, Puppeteer, so far, Puppeteer is the only one that I was like, that's a really good game. I highly <laughs> recommend it. All the that's rest of, so like, good. mediocre to terrible. Oh, man, that's horrifying. So we're going to continue that trend with Killzone 2. Like I said, like, it's... Mm, it's just an extremely dude bro military game, and like I don't know, I'm not here not for into it. it. Yeah. Um, I then played Affordable Space Adventures, which is a really excellent little puzzle game on the Wii U. It Highly sounds recommend. Sounds like your kind of game. Definitely. We finally hit something that I Definitely. hear, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like a Jonathan original. Yeah, it uses the the gamepad very well. I, I actually highly recommend this game. Dig up a Wii U. I think it's still only on Wii U. <sighs> it needs a, a Switch port, right? Um, but it's a two screen experience, so I'm sure you could adapt it. I just don't know that it would be the same, which is rare to say for a Wii U game because most of them just do not use it as well. Rare Um, to say. Yeah, very good. I then played Resident Evil 4. Uh, I played the PS4 port, um, uh, of the original game. Uh, it's fine. Like, uh, it's the only Resident Evil game I've ever played. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I I don't know. It, old game's old. Like it controls very poorly, right. to to some effect. Yeah, it, <laughs> I would imagine in, in, in this horror story. Like it kind of works. How's um, the narrative? I've always been curious. Is uh, it like okay at all? I don't know. It, it, there there's a lot of game trends that I am not here for in 2018 or 2019. Um, and one of them is going to exotic place and murdering the locals as a sort of like white savior sort of thing. So you go to Spain because the president's daughter's been, I think it's Spain. You go to Spain and the president's daughter's been kidnapped and you're trying to track her down and rescue her. And all of the locals have been infected. Uh, like they were part of a cult, but now they're like zombies. Oh, and so boy. you're just kind of killing them all. And like, I don't know. Like that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's not the end of the world, but I, it's just 
it's a div- it's a narrative framing that I just am tired of. Like totally, I don't want to play as dude bro white guy who is going to murder brown people, I'm which very, is what most militaries. And in this case, I'm very know, sick of it as well. It's it's pitched a little more as like, oh well, there's zombies, but like I don't know. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, so then I played Don't Starve Together, um, uh, the multiplayer adaptation of Don't Starve. It's very good. Highly recommended. Cool. Uh, it's everything that Don't Starve was, but a little more fun because you can play with friends. It's Sick. Um, then played Fortnite Battle mm, Royale. This one's on my list as well. Right. The first overlap yes. is this game. Right. Um, Why is this a thing? Uh, so, yeah, I... I've made no secret at all that I'm a huge PUBG fan on this on this podcast. Um, You're kidding. <laughs> who could have foreseen? <laughs> um, so I am predisposed to not be super into Fortnite. But I've tried to really break those sort of, uh, I don't know, tribal tendencies, I guess. Sure, I yeah. That's not really the word that I want to use, but it gets my point across. Um, in that, like, oh, well... Fortnite just copied PUBG, so I hate Fortnite. I don't want to be that or say that or think that. Sure. So I really tried to give Fortnite a go this year. Um, but it turns out there's more than one reason if you love PUBG to not necessarily be super into Fortnite because it's very different paced game. Yes, It's absolutely. excruciatingly fast paced, especially on the building end. I just, yeah. I could not figure out that I could not get to a point where I was intuitively building. And that is how you play that game at a decent level. Right. And so like, I just had a hard time getting into the game. I probably played like 10 to 15 hours and I had an okay time. Like I didn't hate it. Right. But it wasn't something I was really drawn to go back to. And again, as somebody who played a lot of PUBG in which the shooting is extremely precise and well modeled yes. to go to where Fortnite is like, the first bullet is accurate, but after that, it's very random. Yeah, it's like Looney Tunes PUBG. Almost. Yeah, it's it's hard to get into that. And I, 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 I'm I not speaking ill about anybody who doesn't have an issue getting into like, everybody. It was very it. free. Yeah, that's true. And that makes it very easy to that's get into. That's true. And on, like, every platform right? under the sun now. Yes. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty well-made game. Uh, but I'm, it's not really for me. Like, yeah, I I played maybe 15 to 20 hours of Fortnite. Yeah. Um, and had an okay time. Mm-hmm. My brothers, my little brothers were super into it. And yeah. I am a very social gamer. And so sure, yeah. anybody who is like, oh, let's play this multiplayer game, I'm pretty much always there for it. Yeah. Around the time that things start like their dance emotes yeah well and the yeah. controversy there yeah we I talked about that just, last week right yeah i yeah. think we might I have we did, yeah. freaking screw epic that's yeah, all i have to say screw basically. epic um and then i walked away from the game in yeah. like a pretty big way sure so i don't know maybe if that were ever resolved i could give it another couple squad runs but it sure. was never my favorite to begin with right and i hated that aspect of it so right. much that i i was out skis 100 percent agree um so yeah, then I played Into the Breach. Oh, this is I'm... this is also on my list. Yes, that's another overlap we had. Um, this is one of like I think <laughs> we were talking about before the podcast. I think three games. Yeah, you had this, three <laughs> uh, of actual 2018 releases that I played in 2018. Well, yeah, you were so busy playing hit titles like God of War. Oh man, dude! Not the 2018 God no, of War. <laughs> no. So yeah. Oh man. Uh, 
Into the Breach, exceptional game. I played 250 hours, I think, of FTL, the studio subset game's first game. Yes. Uh, also an extremely good game, highly recommended. Uh, this is uh, has a lot of the same, like it has a similar art style. Uh, yeah, which has, I love. Yes, very good. Uh, it has a <clears throat> the same uh, composer, Ben Prunty. Uh, who is very good. I recommend it. Um, so it has a lot of the same, like, sort of um, aesthetic feel of, of FTL. Sure. But it plays very differently. It's it's a very small-scale um, mech strategy game in which you are trying to keep... It, it's, it's a roguelike, like FTL. So it's, it's run-based, and you are trying to get... trying to liberate um, islands from these alien insect-like monsters. Yeah, they're called the Vec. The Vec, that's right. Um, and uh, so e- each run, you you need to take at least two islands back, and then you can go and fight them uh, in their sort of uh, hive. Uh, and it's extremely good. It, it um, removes basically all chance. Yeah, all negative. There is like no. Yeah, there's no real chance to speak of. Basically, um, which is like super uncommon in yes. turn-based strategy. Right. You like, know what's going to happen with every move. Exactly. the 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 instances of chance are obviously how the how the each board is created because it's it's procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all chance, obviously. Um, and then where the vex spawn is also chance. However, there's no like percentage to hit. There's no, um, you know, the exact order that each um, unit will take on the board. Um, the only other chance to speak of is um, if a vec attacks a building. The power grid percentage. I was yeah, bring that up. you're only. Your only um, chance is that maybe you won't take damage. Like it's not a negative chance; it's a it's a chance to be a positive outcome, which well, is really cool. Yeah, what's super cool about it is that you're able to take a calculated risk. Yes. Right. If you have a forty five percent chance, which I think is about as high as it goes, I think so. But yeah. a four, if you have a forty five percent chance for your building to get hit and not do damage to the power grid, which is the goal, is to protect the yes, power grid. The power grid is the key here. Um, if you have a forty five percent chance, you can say like, okay, I ha- I can finish this if i allow this one hit right you can say like maybe i do it right because there's a chance that it won't take any damage yes exactly um yeah uh i don't know i played like 70 80 hours of the game i got every achievement super good i really loved the game like i high of this list i think it's definitely my favorite 28 2018 game that i played in 2018 uh ooh. Cool, because mine is not that, so I'm glad we got different ones. Um, but I did love Into the Breach, and my favorite part of it, I think, is that it doesn't have a me- it has a, an overarching narrative, but it's the yeah, same yeah, every yeah. run. Right. But there are micro narratives yes. hidden in the individual mech pilots right. or in just individual pieces of the game that are super super cool. Very very well done. Uh, yeah, right. The writing is sparse but good. Yes. Um, yeah. So after Into the Breach, I played. <laughs> Nazi zombies. Speaking of Nazi games today. So wait, hold on. Nazi. <laughs> Did you like this game? Extremely. Yeah. Okay. So good. Nazi zombies is um, a spin-off. Not really a spin-off because it comes with the package, but it's it's a part of 
basically every Call of yeah, Duty I was gonna game say it's a Call of Duty thing, right? since like World at War. Mm-hmm. There, I think there have been a few titles here and there that haven't included it, but um, for a, quite a long time. I played the original World at War Nazi Zombies back in like 2007 or whenever that was, 2006. Right. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, so I play, the, the Final Reich is the first like mission sort of story beat of the um, Call of Duty World War II that came out in 2017. Gotcha. Um, and, like, I felt comfortable putting it on a list of, like, games I beat because there are characters, there's an overarching story, and it takes a significant amount of time to complete. So you can play it as just a run-based thing, uh, like all uh, like all the uh, previous... It, you can play it just like a horde mode, basically. Gotcha. Uh, it's exactly that. Or you can play like the story thing on top of that, which is extremely campy, extremely convoluted, <laughs> and, <laughs> and quite endearing, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's just... It's a whole lot of nonsense. If you're looking for very dumb fun, like I, I recommend it. It's good. Good, good to hear. Yeah. Um, then played God of War Ascension. I've said my piece on God of War. But it's not good. <laughs> uh, I then played a, a cool little um, game called Retrograde, which is a very small rhythm game. Came out on the PS3, in which you are controlling like a little fighter pilot, and you are battling with air quotes um, these fun. aliens on like a rhythm track. No it's way. it's cool. It's it's a lot of fun. Is that just like a PSN game from the PS3 yep. era? Then? Yep. Cool, I'll have to uh, check just a couple out. bucks. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I still got my PS3 gathering dust in my apartment, so. Yeah, yeah I, it's it's fun. It only takes a couple hours. Like, cool. I have my notes here. Let I'm super see. into it. Yeah, I beat it in an hour, so. Sick. Um, yeah, it's cool. I uh, then played Killzone 3. Uh, yeah, I've said my piece on Killzone games. It's better than the first two, but it's still not great. Sure. Uh, I then played another um, uh sort of musically inclined game though not a rhythm game but it's called shatter um okay. it's basically brick breaker but mm, uh more complicated i guess is the term i'm looking for like you sure. have circular maps and you have various types of uh balls that you're bouncing you have various types of bricks that you're bouncing and it's all set to gotcha like, it, it's basically tetris effect for brick breaker for yeah for like arkanoid yeah sure. um Pretty cool. I then played a game called Fire Emblem Awakening. Ah, yeah. very good. My first Fire Emblem experience. Was that really this year you played that? Yep. yep. Oh man, how long did I beg you Let's to play see, that game? Right. Because yeah, I, I I played it like four years ago. I beat it <laughs> April seventeenth. Uh, it took me about thirty three hours. Um, had a lot of fun with this game. Yeah, this is an all time favorite. Yeah, I I've I really got into strategy games much more heavily in twenty eighteen than yeah, I ever have it looks before. Looks like it. Yeah. Um, and this was a big part of that. Really liked the game a lot. I liked the relationship aspects. One of my favorite parts. Yeah. Uh, the music's good. I, like, I, I, I am not known for my particular love. Uh, that, that's not the right way to say that. I, I am not an anime fan. <laughs> I sure. guess I can say that. Sure, yeah. I don't hate it by any means, but it's never been something that's really spoken to me. And so uh, games with that aesthetic, I have JRPGs, uh, I've historically not been the biggest fan of. Right. I've had a hard time getting into, but I really, really loved this game a lot. Yeah, this one and Persona turn the tide for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward I, to I'm much more inclined to play a game with that aesthetic now Definitely. than I was before. 
Um, I then played God of War 3 Remastered, whatever. But... <laughs> um, he just kept going. Dude, probably the worst. Dude, I know. I was just, I'm, a, I'm the worst. I can't get over it. I'm the worst person. Uh, I then played Phoenix, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, which is Ooh. the first Phoenix Wright game. I played it on the 3DS because it can. it's backwards compatible with right. DS. This is a DS game. Um, I think it's a bit too long, maybe, sure. but I still really liked the game overall. I played um, a demo of it, and yeah. I remembered liking the demo. It's very The much. writing's very good. It's yes. just a point-and-click adventure game with sort of a, um, like, hmm, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, I know Spot the Liar did this, but basically, like, you piece together a narrative, and then you have to... Uh, pinpoint witnesses because you're playing Phoenix Wright who is an ace attorney if you will the ace attorney indeed Um, you have to pin them on their lies and that's how the story advances which is really really cool really fun fans Uh, of Professor Layton usually like Phoenix Wright and they had a crossover game yeah they sure did I'm I played this because I was I wanted to play the crossover game, but now I think I'm just gonna play the rest of the Phoenix Wright games because they're good. Yeah, Um, I I've not played Phoenix Wright. I've played most of the Professor Layton's and I like them. To a fault. Right. Um, I then played a game called Severed, uh, which was a Vita exclusive for a while, made by Drinkbox Studios, the team that made Guacamelee and Guacamelee Oh, sure, 2. yeah, yeah. Uh, very interesting game. It, it, it keeps the aesthetic, um, this <laughs> sort of extremely angular, very colorful um, visual style um, with uh, sort of uh, Mexican mythology, or at least Mexican, uh, like feeling mythology layered over on top of it like i'm right i'm obviously not familiar enough to say if it's actually pulling from that explicitly but it but has a cultural flavor yes Is that what you're trying sure. to say yeah yeah um it's very good it's it's all it's all touch or almost all touch based interesting it's it's a dungeon crawler that you play in first person it's it's cool i, I liked it a lot nice I uh, then played Bravely Default another um jrpg ds game right yeah um no I think this is a 3DS game. Oh, really? Um, okay. I'm pretty sure. Cool. Um, it's fine. It's way too long. Like, I've heard that. That's why I haven't played it. I liked the first... Uh, yeah, it, it took me 52 hours to beat. I liked the first, like, 25 to 30, in which you beat the game, like, basically. And then you play the last third-ish of that, like, five more times. Wait, what? You were required to, to finish the game. No. It's very... That was it, like when you beat... Have you played Ghosts and Goblins? No, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. It's you're like part, that. It's extremely similar to that, except what? you have to play it more. And it's I, only a third. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's five times you have to replay that to actually beat the game. That's brutal. Which just feels like an incredibly artificial way to... Influence. Like, they give narrative reasons for it, but they're not compelling. Right. Um, it's bad so, level design, frankly. But yeah, so I had a good enough time with the first 30 hours and hated the rest of it. So, cool. Uh, I know it got a sequel. I was going to play the sequel, but after the end of that, I was like, eh. I'm surprised it, sh- it stopped you. <laughs> Just knowing right. you and well, seeing well, this list, goodness, right? I'm surprised that that uh, stopped you. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% fair. Um, then I continued my 3DS train. I played Mario Kart 7. Nice. Um, great game. Uh, it obviously came out before 8. Um, and that it feels, is usually how numbers work, yeah. Right. It, it extremely feels like uh, a portable version of 8. Uh, very similar ideas, um, a lot of the same tracks, 
um, nice. except on a 3DS. So I just complain? looked at you sideways because my experience with 8 is 8 Deluxe, which is an extremely portable version of 8. So <laughs> when you <laughs> said that, so I was funny. like, isn't 8 portable? Because I, I played like, all on the of Wii U. 8 and it's DLC on the Wii U. Yeah. So I completely forgot that it even got a Switch port because and I didn't buy it. The Switch port is very, very good. I believe it. I it's just... nice to be able to play two-player Mario Kart anywhere with anyone. 100%, yeah. I just cool. wasn't about to drop $60 yeah, on nope. a game that I had already bought and all the DLC and 100% of the whole thing. So and I was like, it will forever be $60 because it is a Nintendo title. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> um, so... I then played, I replayed, actually, a game called Dying Light. Oh, uh, Dying Light. Techland, a Polish studio. They put this out in, I think, 20, yeah, 2015. Uh, extremely good game. It's a first-person parkour action game. Uh, it's Mirror's Edge, but good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Zing. Well, I played Mirror's Edge, didn't like it very much at Apparently all. Apparently not. Um, but you'll but... be there for Mirror's Edge too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> that came out like a year and a half ago and I never touched it. Like, uh, there's a lot I didn't like about Mirror's Edge, but the parkour is good. Um, gotcha. this just gives my, a more compelling reason for me to like it. Plus an entire combat system, plus an entire like open world, plus right. an entire like mission structure. Nice. So, yeah. When I say Mirror's Edge, but good, I, that's obviously an incendiary dig. But it, I mean like something that speaks to me much more. Right. Um, so I, I played this game back in 2016 and loved it. I played it on the PS4. I picked it up on PC, played it again, and also played the expansion, uh, which is called something slowly reviving like oh perfect yeah that was it. <laughs> the hit sequel i i am extremely blanking on on the expansion and i feel bad but anyway um very good and the expansion is very good as well it, it kind Glad of the expansion has like a vehicle focus which is extremely not how the base game is huh. um yeah dying light 2 is probably my most anticipated game right now because i really really loved dying light i don't very replay nice. a lot of games but i replayed this game um Dang. Well, that says a lot then. I uh, then played a very small game, um, which, if Logan's looking at my screen right now, looks like an absolute mess. Oh, yeah. I was wondering about this one, and I, I refrained from Googling. Yeah. it's it's The full title is The Rapture is Here, and You Will Be Forcibly Removed from Your Homes. Um, well, that explains the concise right. abbreviation you put on your screen. Right. It's, it's just... I am not using this as a pejorative at all because I'm really into this type of game, but it's a walking simulator. Oh, sure, You sure, walk sure. from point to point and get and get narrative. Gosh, that is so my jam, though. Yeah, uh, it's like a 30-minute, not even, like, yeah, I, I believe in 30 minutes. Uh, it's also free, I think. Oh, no way. Um, that will be a tonight or tomorrow for me, right? if it's like, free. It's extremely low budget, but it's interesting. It does interesting things with... Um, it's extremely limited scope. Uh, I nice. I recommend it. I then played Hitman 2016 in preparation for, for Hitman, Hitman 2. 2 right. Um, and extremely loved this game. I was planning on 100%ing it, but it takes an extremely long time to do that. Yeah. So I didn't end up doing that, but I played the crap out of it still. So here's an interesting thing with me and Hitman. Uh, I've never been super interested into it. Mm-hmm. I don't love the... I'm like the shooter assassin. Like, sure. The, this is not it's not my shooter. aesthetic. 
Hey, well, that's what like I learned this year, guns. right? Yeah. That's what I learned this year is right. that Hitman is very much like not that. Yeah, it's a puzzle game. It's... Yeah, which is weird, but yeah. also super, super cool. Yeah, uh, so I'm glad you had a good experience with it. I've heard good things. Very, very much recommended. Highly, highly enjoyed it. I then played Bloodborne, ah. um, which oh, man. we're kind of running out of time on this podcast. So I won't super. Get, I won't get too into it, but. Well, we're going to have like Bloodborne week, like next week or the week right, after, because I'm playing it right now. It. So, so, yeah, we'll get more into it next week. Depends on how long it's like. It takes me to map Yarnum. Right, we'll see. Right. <laughs> uh, I then continued a bit of a uh, cosmic horror bent by playing Darkest Dungeon, a mm. 2016 game, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, extremely highly recommended. It's a 2D procedurally generated dungeon crawler with a strong focus on uh, horror and stress. Uh, extremely good. Highly, highly recommended. Yeah. I don't... Again, we're running... For time, but I want to mention with Darkest Dungeon, it's on my list as well. Yes, so, yeah. Uh, the stress element makes your characters. It's it's an RPG, right? You control yeah. multiple characters, right. JRPG style. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stress element gives them personalities and makes them act yes. out yeah. against the other players in the party at weird mm-hmm. times. Very good. Very yes. like super Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really awesome. Yeah. What a game. Yep. Extremely good. I then played. I continued the uh, strategy bent this year by playing Mario uh, plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, uh, which is good. Um, it got really high praise. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, at least at the time of release, I'm not sure I'm 100% on board with that. I had a fine time with it, but. It looked fine. Yeah. It's not like my favorite thing I've ever made, but I enjoyed it well enough. I then played another extremely low-budget, tiny little indie game called Receiver, um, which I recommend even more than The Rapture is here and you'll be forcibly removed from your homes, uh, because it's all about um, our relationship to firearms, and it makes firearms way more real than any other game I've ever played. Super cool. Um, Extremely highly recommended. Um, Noted. And for anybody who's worried about... uh, sort of violent content like it's not that so don't worry about that um i then played horizon zero dawn which Mm. i platinumed and had an extremely good time with i if we weren't running out of time i'd get more in depth but um i was very glad that i finally got around to playing it extremely good uh i then played a few games that i didn't have a great time with i played black ops 4 which was fine i enjoyed the battle royale enough i probably played like 10 hours of that i enjoyed the multiplayer enough i probably played another 10 hours of that and i enjoyed the zombies enough right um not like my favorite thing ever but it was fine i then played borderlands 2 i played it entirely in co-op and i hated it <clears throat> nice so there's that uh, <laughs> and you have I, some friends who are really into it, right? Yeah, so okay. we that I, played, I don't recommend playing this game co-op because i completely missed like all the story because people are just rushing from objective to objective because they'd already played it before. Ah, that sucks. So that's why I didn't have a good time, mostly. You also, also played it, was that the 24-hour stream that's day? That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I I mean, I played games that I really enjoyed that day. So sure, I, fair I enough. So I think that's 100% it. But, like, um, also the, the writing that I did get to hear, I didn't really like. Um, yeah. It just kind of has this tone of... Kind of it has an edge lord tone, which 
Like, I'm just not really here for I'm not super familiar like, with what you it's, mean by that, but, like... It's fine. It, like, it's... It's... I don't know. I, I, I'm not super familiar with Borderlands at all. Yeah. It kind of strikes me as, like... Kind of like it's trying to be, like, spunkily irreverent, yes. almost. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's a very good description. Cool. Um, Sick. <laughs> then I played Battlefield Five. We already talked about that. And then I played Shadow of the Colossus. That's the last game I beat this year. Gotcha. Or in 2018. Um, and we talked about that last week. Right? Which I awesome. Yeah. Dang, you have the extensive list. Yeah, not as many as last year, but I... And I didn't have as good a time playing games this year because I, for some reason, decided it was a great idea to play games that I was not having a good time with. Yeah, well, and that So I, the reason because... I did that was, like, I want to know the history of games more. So I was trying oh, to play sure. these, yeah, 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 these yeah. bigger, uh, older games, and I think I'm just not going to do that very much anymore. My, my strategy with it has been to a divide-and-conquer mentality, mm-hmm. almost like, oh, Jonathan played God of War. Right. Now, I maybe will demo one of them. Sure, yeah. Right? Like, maybe demo one of those old ones to see what it's all about. Right. But no reason to slog myself through 300 hours. Yeah. Right? The, well, I mean, they're not that long. Like, most of them can be completed in six-ish hours. But oh, really? They're short games. Huh. Yeah, but they're not even worth that time. Not even close. Dang, that sucks. That's even worse. Yep. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll run through my list quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this year was uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, nice. first game I finished in 2018. Very nice. Uh, which is telling, because I got my Switch at launch. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> with Zelda. <laughs> so, or it was, it's, it's it a was, long game. It was two months after launch, because my next title is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Okay, yeah. Which was a two month later, and I got right. I got my Switch at Mario Kart 8. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, played tons of starcraft this year yep almost finished the main story enough to say that i very much love that game yeah um that's the original starcraft right right tried so hard to get into overwatch long story short toxic community kept me out agreed (sighs) uh we talked about into the breach Mm -hmm. freaking loved into the breach uh again i can't emphasize enough the no the no surprises strategy was so good. Very compelling. Um, it's more of a puzzle game, and I love yep. that. Also, this was the year of FTL for me. Nice. Uh, I played Into the Breach, which got me more into FTL, which I already own. Sure. So yeah. I ended up picking up the portable edition on my iPad. Nice. Which is... Oh, that's right. Oh, I clocked... I mean, I played... Maybe... It's definitely an easier time on the computer, and I played maybe 40 hours there, but I think I clocked in well over 100 this year nice. on my iPad. Nice. Anytime I was sick or in bed or right. like laying there, iPad if FTL for seriously like six months of the year. It was awesome. Nice. Um, so that's a good game. I played PUBG. This is the year I picked up PUBG. Nice. Started it out this year with four gig of RAM, which was, <laughs> that was in February, I think, yeah, those I first think couple so. drops. Um, brutal. Yeah. Uh, the game was much more fun after I upgraded that and played a little bit of multiplayer with Definitely, it. Definitely, yeah. Uh, it's a good game. Fortnite, we talked about. Darkest Dungeon, we talked about a little bit. Gone Home. Mm. So I know you're not picking out a, a a game of the year 2018. I do have one. Gone Home was not 2018. Sure, sure. Um, however, this was one of my favorite games I did play this year. Yeah. Uh, t- just a deeply compelling story. I had the... I, I was under the impression that I had a, the twist ruined for me. It's mm. not super like a twist. No, not Like, exactly. you defo know what's happening. Right. Like, after, right. like... Uh, what was really cool about that game is I went through the entire game uh, and then was informed at the end that I'd 100%ed it. Oh, interesting. And I found every single... Uh, the... the 
idea is that you, as you do things in the house, right. certain voice clips trigger and you learn more about the story, right? Definitely. I had found every single one. Oh, nice. In the process of the game. Right. Which was super cool. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't miss anything in the narrative. Yeah. Which was awesome. That is awesome. Um, and it was a really compelling story that really changed the way that I look at, like, well, I don't want to get too meta into what it's about, but the theme was really good and really got me thinking. Yeah. Uh, and it's really awesome. Yeah. Because that's, like... Excellent game. The power of games is that they can make you experience things that you didn't experience or wouldn't experience right. um, through really good storytelling. Right. Right. Um, and that's essentially what this game did for right. me. Long story short. Uh, next was Her Story, which I, nice. I'm going to bet you still haven't played. That's correct. going to put money on. Uh, Her Story is freaking awesome. It's uh, You play, it, it takes place, the entire game field, if you if you want to use that expression, uh-huh. is a monitor and a police station hmm. where you're going through under the Freedom of Information Act and looking through clips of a woman... Her, her police interviews. Yeah, that's right. And you type in keywords, mm-hmm. and that allows you to search and find new clips based on the keywords that are there. Um, and so it's kind of a mystery puzzle game with a very, very satisfying plot, and it feels super cool when you figure it out. Yeah, I believe um, it. Because it's almost impossible to really get into at the beginning. Right. Uh, so it's cool when you finally get it. Uh, Florence was this year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Annapurna-published game from a... Australian studio called Mountains. Florence is about uh, falling in love and all that entails. Right. It has no English, no words. Right. Uh, which And it's all music, so it leans heavily on its soundtrack, and it's makes sense. excellent. Yeah. Uh, that is, by the way, I will note here, my game of the year for 2018 nice. is Florence. Uh, it's $3 on your phone. Just do it. Plug in the headphones, play for an hour and a half. It's fantastic. Awesome. Um, well worth it. Uh, Oxen Free was this mm, year for nice, me. Nice. I, Oxen Free was a good game. I got sick one weekend. Yeah. And bought Oxen Free on my iPad, and just played it. Nice. Um, and it was unique to play through that. So I don't know how much you know about Oxen Free. A fair bit. Yeah. So it's essentially kids go to yeah. an island to party, and it ends up being like haunted air quotes. Yeah. Uh, but way more impressive than like all of that and the aesthetic, which I loved, sure. is the cast of characters, which is just exceptionally right. good, even though I wanted to kill some of them sometimes. Uh, Oxenfree has some of the best characters I've ever seen. Awesome. Um, loved that game. Yeah. Uh, to be brief about it, so much Rocket League this year. Absolutely. Uh, never stopped grinding, never essentially. Stopped. Uh, I also did get around to playing Grease, which I talked about right. and learned the pronunciation for uh, between our last episode. <laughs> Uh, hmm. hard to say about Greece because it's a beautiful game, mm-hmm. like super beautiful, and it, it touches on like really good themes of grief and and sorrow. Didn't quite hit home for me. Sure, which sucks. I kind of heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, that it was. It wasn't a disappointment in any way. I actually played it on the drive up to my parents. I was not driving and playing my Switch. That would have been <laughs> legendary, though. Uh, no, I played it while my parents drove up to Boise. We were going up there to watch a football game, a bowl yeah. game, and, and be with some family friends. Yeah. And I played Greece on the drive up and gotcha. loved it, mm-hmm. uh, but not for any of the reasons I was expecting. It was definitely like an artistic sp- splendor, and that was pretty much like yeah. what got me on it. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, super good game. Mm-hmm. But don't go into it expecting to have like an emotional life changing experience necessarily. Sure, sure. Go in there ex- looking for a work of art, and you will find one. Yeah. Uh, Spider Man nice. was this year. Very good. Uh, lots of discourse given about that, so I won't. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, super awesome. Just great feeling. Uh, some of the best mechanics of the year for sure. Yeah. 
Shadow of the Colossus, which we talked about. And then I put Life is Strange Chapter 1, and I, I'm not talking about Life is Strange 2 Chapter 1. Right. I'm talking about the first chapter of the original Life is Strange. Nice. Uh, which I enjoyed a lot, and yeah. I tend to finish that game when the dollars come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But the first, the first chapter of 3, and I, I liked it very much. Ultimately, a good year, nice. 2018 for games. Agreed. Gotta love them. Yeah. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us today. We're a little pressed for time. Yeah, um, we. It. I think we've lost our entire listener base uh, <laughs> as we've gone what twenty something minutes over. Indeed. Um, but if anybody's listening out there to this this clip, thanks so much for for sticking with us while we talk about some of our favorite games of twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do a little bit of twenty nineteen speculation Maybe next week, but that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Let's let's keep it for next week. Um, but this has been that odious beast gaming. We'd like to thank uh, Brian Altano and Weird Heat for mm-hmm. the use of our theme song, Nostalgia. Excellent track. Check them out. Uh, they have a website. They have a Patreon. Highly recommend it. Yeah, Check them super out. super good. Um, just some awesome awesome beats. Uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us. Cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs>